This is a podcast about failure. With me, Lola Berry, author, nutritionist, and yoga teacher. Join me as we get to know these guests and learn about how their failures have ultimately shaped their dreams. Welcome to Fearlessly Failing with Lola Berry. Okay, so welcome to this week's episode of Fearlessly Failing with Lola Berry. I, however, am not Lola Berry. This is Matt Sofo. Lola has asked me to come on this week's episode and ask her a bunch of questions. So what I tried to do was delve a little bit deeper into her life and her past and ask questions that kind of haven't been asked before. We talked everything from childhood memories to adult failures that helped shape her career And I hope you guys really get a lot of insight into her life and a lot of inspiration from her because she's quite an inspirational person. Well, I think so anyway. And there's definitely a few laughs along the way. So I hope you enjoy it and thank you. All right. So welcome back to Fearlessly Failing with Lola Berry. Or shall we say with Matt Sofo. That's right. This is not Lola Berry speaking. This is Matt Sofo, the... uh, Wonderful boyfriend of <laughs> the wonderful boyfriend. Can I just say he's taking this very seriously? I had to just go out and get him a tissue because he wanted to make sure his nose was clear. I, he's got a tea here. Okay, I did not want to constantly have the sniffles or have a runny nose. That's I think which very, you do not have, and you I have not had today. Annoying. Yeah, I don't. But I didn't want to have to sniff like during the show. Anyway, you ruined my whole intro. I had a whole go little spiel. <laughs> I was going to like talk myself up, like okay. multi aria producing DJ producer Matt Sofo, like you know, it's pretty good. But actually. now, you, now you've ruined it. So now I just have to talk about you for the next hour. <laughs> no, I think it is good that you introduce yourself as multi-ARIA <laughs> award charting mu- um, music producer extraordinaire because you never pat yourself on the back and I know that you did that to take the piss <laughs> out of yourself but you actually never pat yourself on the back so I I'm all about this intro. Take okay. it away, do nah, it again. you've ruined it now. <laughs> but today I am joined by Lola Berry so we are turning the tables And on this Fearlessly Failing podcast, I'm going to be asking the questions and Lola's going to be answering them. And I actually haven't prepared for this. So basically, this is what I say to anyone that interviews me. I'm an open book. You can ask me whatever you want. I um, haven't prepared for it either, so don't worry. Yes, you have. I saw you taking notes. I I wrote three notes. Right. He wrote a little. He wrote a little introduction for himself about being an aria. <laughs> I didn't actually. It said, um, "It said fearlessly fame with Lola Berry," and then that was it. Is that all you've written? Yep. And then um, I just I have three like three notes that um, I was going to ask you, but you're not allowed to look at them. I was just admiring your beautiful handwriting. <laughs> He's got. We've both got gratitude journals. We write before I, we go to bed, and Matt is very. Diligent with his, I'm a little yes. bit more. I kind of lean in and out of okay, it. Okay, but who gave me that gratitude journal? I did exactly. So when you gave it to me, I thought that I'd actually make an effort, and I've been doing it every day for three months. I know. I so they, good, boss. What do they say? Like it takes like 21 days to like make a habit, build, build a new habit, and then you know, 30 days of gratitude changes like your perspective on. You well, know. I checked my 
gratitude diary last night. I've done 26 entries. That's pretty good. I don't count the days because I obviously skip and I'm yeah. compliant and I'm not compliant. Not Story compliant. of my life, yeah. Ooh, maybe that's what we can talk about. Your non-compliance. <laughs> Matt thinks I'm very defiant, don't you? You are very defiant. Do you reckon to you <laughs> or to life? I think in general, I think you're you're generally um you you do go against the grain. I think that's that's your whole thing is to like not be like you know a normie. The normie. Matt, we, we've been what Dad's been it? looking after a golden retriever, and Matt's like, "Can we get a golden retriever?" I'm like. No, they're beautiful dogs, but they're normies. They're yeah. like the normies of the dog world. That dog's pretty incredible. Oh, he's all love. But this is the issue I have. So I'm a bit of a dog nerd. I love dogs and I don't want golden retriever owners listening to this to hate me after I say this, but I have a theory. All golden retrievers and Labradors and that family of dogs, they love anyone. Yeah. Unconditionally. I don't mind that. Sure, they love their boss and the person that feeds them the most, but they're kind of like they're not willy-nilly with their love, whereas you get like an interesting, like quirky kind of dog, it's going to have favourites and I'm all about favourites. I'm all about being favourites. Our Italian greyhound. Yeah, what are we going to call it? I don't know. Some Italian name maybe. Spaghetti. Bruno. Bruno, an Italian name. Giuseppe. Ravioli. Ravioli. Spaghetti. Um, What else is Italian? Panna di casa. (laughs) Is that Italian? It's an Italian roll. Yes. I used to work at Brumbies. That's how I know that. Oh, yeah. Very good. All right. So shall we actually start this podcast? Oh, I thought we had. Yeah. Well, that was a very long extended intro. You totally, you just ruined my like little spiel. Sorry, No, it was fine. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It was actually great. Um, So today we are talking failures because this is Fearlessly Failing Mm. with Lola Berry. Mm -hmm. Do you like how I do the little with Lola Berry part? So this is one thing that's really annoying about Matt. One- He's better at yoga than me no. and I'm a yoga teacher. And two, his voice sounds so. better on this than me. I, I've um, got a lisp. I've got, I'm a bogan. <laughs> I've got a ochre accent. But he's almost got this like sexy, yeah, like, but what, did, what did Jad call it? A and, a- ASMR. ASMR. He said we should do ASMR. So ASMR is like come into the room and like close your eyes. <laughs> this to me just sounds creepy. Could, could just, no, it's, people love it. Or it's like um, I don't have anything. Yeah, the like sound it. of like touching know, like, things. Like, and yeah, like he's he's scratching his beard. Oh my god! How people, <laughs> it's making me uncomfortable. <laughs> he's flicking a book, a bit of paper, or maybe like um, neck minute. This podcast is dead, and we're making a what's it called? A and out. I think a. ASNR. Oh, no. a- a- ASM. ASM. <laughs> I don't know. Is it ASM? Someone will write and tell us. Maybe should I Google it right now? Mm, go for it. Out a- comes no, the no, phone. Sorry, it's AS- ASMR. It's ASMR. Um, my my Google search history is like is absolutely ridiculous. Some crazy stuff. Matt's got also the private browser option for for Rudy stuff. I know. Okay, you do. so you do. yeah, I do. Um, AS- <laughs> um, it, ASMR does not whispering. What's it called? Whispering. Um, See, for me, it creeps me out, and it's like, is it almost like a form of meditation and calming? And like, Jad's yeah, a- uses ASMR, ASMR, ASMR. Yeah. So you'd be good at that, obviously. Yeah, I'll give it a go. Um, we totally just got off track. I love that about us. No, um, but I think I don't like my voice because I um, I'll cough and I'll swallow loudly, and I'll- that's not a vocal problem. <laughs> I mean, the swallowing, i got to admit, definitely vexes. But the coughing and stuff, that's not a vocal. You've got a beautiful voice. That's a, that's oh, a, yeah. that's a, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like a soothing, it's like a soothing thing. Yeah. Okay. 
So apart from my voice, we are talking about failure today and we you are. have been interviewing everybody else about their failures and you are very open about your failures and your kind of life. You've done a lot of podcasts. How many podcasts do you reckon you've done? Like 30? Hmm. Yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, yeah. that's a good po- go poker 50. number. Yeah. So you've done heaps and you have talked about everything. So I think, but I think that for your audience on your own podcast, I think maybe they should hear your story and interviewed by me. Go for okay. it, boss. I'm, a, I'm an open book. All right. So I think that I've been listening back to some of your older podcasts. Have you really? Yeah, definitely. Like some of like your early ones from like say three, four years ago. Yeah. Um, very, very good by the way. Oh, he yeah. has to say that. He's no, giving me very... these dreamy little blue eyes looking at me from across the the coffee table we've got in our bedroom <laughs> in Torquay because the acoustics are better in this room. Yeah, we don't want crappy acoustics. Um, I have to edit this, so I'm going to make sure it sounds good. This is true. But, okay, so I think that what, where we should start is a place that no one has actually really started with you a lot in your podcasts. Oh, I just got and, like the nervous butterflies go. No, not at all. I think that um, you do talk very openly about your early life, mm-hmm. right, but... You don't talk about um, failures of early life or what you perceived as failures or if you felt failure in your early life. Yeah. So, so you want me to tell you when I first felt, felt, felt the feeling of failure or my think, first memory of that? I think, yes. I think let's, let's start there. And I think, the, I think what were your first feelings of failure? But then post that, I think um, what were your actual first failures? So what you thought as a young adult initially as, the first experience of stuffing yeah. up. Yeah. So I think that like what you thought was a failure. So when you first felt the failure, mm-hmm. but I think that that generally wouldn't have been a failure. Correct. And I think that I want to know your first early life failure that would have shaped, you know. So okay. like I suppose you're growing up into adolescence or early adulthood. Got you. I'm following yeah. you. Okay. All so right. when was the first time you you felt that feeling of failure? Okay, so the first time it definitely wouldn't have been a failure. This is yeah. my rational brain yeah. turning into a failure. I remember I was in prep, so that's what, six or seven years old. Yeah. I was. I went to Middle Park Primary School and like most primary schools, when the lunch bell goes, so you're in class, yeah. the lunch bell goes, you've got to sit down for 15 minutes to eat your lunch and then you're free to play for yeah. the next, but you can't get up in that 15 minutes. Yeah. And I was sitting out on the quadrangle at the top of a set of stairs. Have I told you this story? No, I've never heard this story. I was sitting at the top of stairs and I knew, I still remember what shoes I was wearing. I was wearing these bright orange paint and leather sneakers and I was sitting at the top of the set of stairs and I knew I needed to wee really yeah. badly. And I stood up to get up and ask the teacher and she said, my, Lauren, which is my real name, Lauren, sit back down. Yeah. And I sat down and at the top of those stairs I weed <laughs> and I weed every, down. It's just trickled down each stair <laughs> and I remember feeling mortified. And they make you change into trackies, don't they, from the lost property room? I, I wouldn't know. I never peed myself at school. And, but I reckon in that moment I would have felt, because I'd tried to go, hey, yeah. You know, that, can I can I get up and wee, please? Yeah. And they were like, sit down. Yeah. And I guess they've got to do that to everyone. But I was I was brought up, I think, as I I think I was a pretty good kid. And yeah. so like it would be rare for me to say, I really need to go to the bathroom. So that would yeah. have been my first moment of feeling that feeling of, yeah. oh shit, I've done something wrong. Yeah. Why did you feel you did something wrong though? That wouldn't that be more of a a feeling of shame? 
like that you peed your pants or was it that you did pee your pants that that was a failure that you peed your pants? I think you've <laughs> hit the nail on the head here. There was It was probably more shame. Yeah. Um, I think also like having done years and years of therapy yeah. that um, my parents divorced when I went into prep, yeah. right before prep, I would say there would be something because we don't, yeah. we're so young, we just blame any um, kind of lack of harmony on ourselves as kids even though it has nothing to do with us. So I think that there would have been some subconscious shame, guilt or blame yeah. that I would have placed on myself as a kid. I have got a wonderful relationship with both my mum and my dad now. Yeah, they're great people. Awesome peeps. You just had a little brioche with dad, did yeah, you not? I just had lunch with your dad. And a, and a little carrot cake for dessert. Yeah. I missed out because I'm a glutard. And you so are. I had boiled, boiled eggs and snacks at home. So I got to find people to eat gluten with. See, yeah. my, most boyfriends like go to the pub and like have beers with their mates or whatever. I find people to eat gluten with. And burgers. You love burgers, burgers don't yeah. you? That's like So thing. okay, so you you felt like that that was a failure. But that obviously is not irrational. That's just yeah, a kid going course, yeah. through a, a uh, hiccup yeah. in life. Also, it's worth mentioning that my parents were divorced all early yeah. in life, although I don't see it as a failure. Yeah. It probably subconsciously would have shaped yeah. my values or my perception of myself, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Having done two yeah. years now consistently of weekly therapy. Yeah. Uh, for no reason other than to become bulletproof and to yeah. learn and become a better version of myself. Yeah. I don't see myself as yeah. broken or anything like that. Yeah. Um, as far as kind of like first failure more as a young adult, Yeah. I'm trying to think because like I know I remember when I dropped out of university. Yeah. So I, I, I finished year 12 and I was like, I'm going to be an actress. I'm going to be the next Kate Blanchett. I'm going to be. You could be. Well, now tables have turned. <laughs> I've done a full like one eighty, and I'm now doing acting school again. Yeah. But uh, I, I remember I didn't get high enough grades to yeah. get into. So you get, it's, I think it's called VTAC now. But when we graduated, it was called an Enter Score. I think it's still the same. I think VTAC. It's an Enter. It's a year yeah, twelve it's an mark score, out yeah, of hundred. Score, yeah, correct. Yeah, ninety nine point nine five. Yeah. Out of that, okay. So to get into um, a Bachelor of Performing Arts at Monash yeah. Uni, you need to get ninety four point three. Yeah. And I got exactly ten points below that. Yeah. So eighty four point three, and yeah. I still remember when I got my year twelve results. You could wait to get them in the newspaper. Or you get them SMS to you. No, or you could ring up ah, and yeah. they would it'd be like a recorded. This would have been 2003. Yeah, no, and yeah, I caught up with my dad and my dad is very academic. He's a vet, yeah. so he's obviously so gone through. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. yeah, your dad's a doctor, correct? A doctor in? Mathematics. Mathematics. Yeah. So. We feel the pressure. <laughs> well, we're both creative, so we're yeah. kind of like, yeah. <laughs> Um and I remember my brother was um, not interested in academic or school at all to the point that I think for his year 12 exam he rocked up and left. Yeah. Like he – the only reason he didn't get a fail is because he went to Xavier, like a yeah. massive um, – They don't let you fail there. I don't think so. I think yeah. he got the lowest possible mark, which was like 51 for yeah. his enter. Anyway, Paul Tristan, he's probably going to be like, screw you, Lola. He's doing great now. He's like in the Navy. Do you he's going to listen? Probably he not. Listen. He might not. I love my brother, but he's got no interest in my life. <laughs> um, actually, I will say, though, Tristan will send me photos, my little brother, and he'll go into like Kmart and stuff and put all my books on the front of the shelf so that yeah. they're there. I think all your friends do that. My your, parents have even done that. Yeah, your parents have done that. So you you went to uni. Oh, hang on. Uh, yeah, so I remember the interscore. So I got yeah. my interscore and I wanted to get it with dad because dad's kind of like my hero. Yeah. 
and uh, well, he is. And we got my end just gone. I was petrified because I'd worked really hard. I was very studious in year eleven and year twelve, but I'm not naturally an academic brain. Like I'm very more of a yeah. creative brain. Yeah. And so the school system really didn't suit my brain, yeah. but I still wanted to do well, do really well, and kind of make my dad proud. That was always one of my yeah. driving forces. Probably still is to this day. Yeah. And um, we got it together, and I got eighty four point three, and he cried out of happiness. Yeah. See. But did yeah. you feel like a failure? No, 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 no. So this is so then I didn't get a high enough score to get into Bachelor of Performing Arts. And me being the little like I'm that person that if I get a goal, like nothing can take me off course. And so I did a monologue to try and get into. Yeah. You can you could sit in a monologue exam, and then I had to grow from a seed to a sunflower in twenty five minutes to interpretive music, like That's to get weird. to get into Bachelor of Performing Arts. And I didn't know if I got in yet, so I was like, yeah. "Dad, I've got enough grades to go on a scholarship. I could get into like arts at Caulfield, and I could do one yeah. year and then get into Bachelor of Performing Arts." And um, I remember I auditioned as well for musical theatre. And that meant you had to sing a cappella. Yeah. Do you, do you want to explain what a cappella is? Just on its own, just singing, no music. No tunes, yes. No tunes. And they stopped me halfway through. I was singing, Oh Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? Oh my God. And they said, Excuse me, stop. We think you have a pitching problem. <laughs> In the middle of my audition. So that was to get into musical theatre because I didn't get the grades to get into theatre. So I was just like hell-bent on getting into theatre. I was like, I'm going to be an actress, I'm going to be an actress no matter what. Yeah. Cut a long story short, I didn't get the grades to get in, but I got in on the monologue audition. Like the creative brain. Just not the singing. Just not the singing. So I didn't get into musical theatre. I got into Bachelor of Theatre. Gotcha. With the monologue after. Yeah. But I was just willing to get in any way I could. So it's funny, I never saw even my marks being too low as a failure. My failure as a young adult was a year and a half in and the te- I remember my teacher at uni going, everyone in here, 90%, 95% of you are going to become drama teachers. Yeah. And I thought, over my dead body. Yeah. I just remember thinking, that's not my calling. Yeah. I'm not meant to be doing that. And and the, the whole course was based around theatre and I didn't feel super drawn. Like I enjoyed it and I yeah. loved it. I was getting shitty roles though. I was getting like those bit kind of roles and I just yeah. felt very unsupported for what whatever my creative yeah. burst was. And so in this stage I kind of discovered like partying and yeah. um, fashion and makeup and music and I dropped out of uni studies to become a DJ yeah. and dad just goes – please promise me you'll get you a get degree that. one day. Yeah. So I think I would have felt a sense of failure yeah. or, or a sense of guilt with letting my dad down at that yeah. phase, even though he didn't. He yeah. let me totally be free to be. I was the black sheep of the family. Yeah. Where, did, where, did, um, where did your confidence come from to like kind of just say stuff it and just leave? Like the degree. Uni? Yeah, and say, you know what, I'm just going to go my own path. Where did that kind of like confidence, where did that fire come from? Where did that like resolve so I'm I am a Virgo like yeah. you, and so I do like cross my T's and dot my I's. So by yeah. the time I'd left, I'd already lined up a job at a fashion label called Stevie, which I really wanted to work at, and I was already starting to learn to DJ, and I'd yeah. already enro- I'd enrolled in the it was like a six month makeup course. Yeah. So I didn't leave with no plan. Gotcha. Um, I guess for me, I, I'm, I've always been driven by a, like a fire within my heart to yeah. do what I love and that wasn't happening in that course. Yeah. And I noticed that I was enjoying some of the like art subjects more like um, I remember I did a 
class uh, and it was on like modern interpretation of film and I was like, oh, this is sick. And the first film we had to analyse was Kill Bill and I was like, oh, epic. And... I could, I was just, I could feel when I was like passionate about something when I wasn't, yeah. and I think it was more that I wasn't than I was. And there was like, you'd get the odd teacher that was incredible, and you'd almost end up doing. I remember I'd end up doing courses with that teacher outside of uni because yeah. I was just like so, you know, passionate about learning. But I, I could just see the trajectory. I yeah. wasn't interested in interested. becoming a drama teacher, gotcha. and I just knew that wasn't what I was meant to do. Yeah, but I knew. I was really young too. I was like 18. Yeah. So I was like, I'm so young. I knew that people go traveling after yeah. school. So I wasn't super worried about, um, like, I always kind of land, land on my feet. Yeah. Would you say that, um, what was like the lesson that you learned from that? Or was that the lesson that you learned, like, to, you know, kind of build a, if you weren't sure about what you're doing to, and you did feel like a failure or that you did fail at something, would it be to build a plan for your next step? Like you did build a bit of a plan. So you thought I would enroll enroll in like a little short course or something like that to kind of time you over or maybe look for a job or look for other passions. Was that the lesson that you learned in that kind of situation or that failure? I think I've known about myself. I've always got to have something I'm focusing yeah. on. Does that empower you? Like do you feel empowered by that? I feel a sense of purpose. Yeah. So in yoga, the word dharma. Yeah. So I, I feel if I'm doing something where I'm gaining or learning or like at the moment I feel like I'm in a phase of my life yeah. where I'm in growth and I'm yeah. in learning and I, and I don't think I'll always be in this phase yeah. because as beautiful as it is, it's very selfish, yeah. like like and going to a therapist. It's fucking hard. So hard. It feels like shit most of the time. Yeah, it, it actually does yeah. and Matt's not dramatising that at all because like seeing a therapist, you often like you're white for the rest of the day or for the next three hours you're questioning every choice you ever made and if you fucked up and all these things and really, I mean, acting school's a little bit similar. Like we spend yeah. a lot of time, like I do acting school every Tuesday night and I'm, I've just started semester two and you walk into the room and they're like, right, you know, have a relationship with something in the space and yeah. you'll spend 10, 15 minutes just getting to know a chair. Yeah. And, and, you know, and that's like pretty confronting. Like you're like if people walk in, you know, they're going to think we're all loonies. Yeah. But the theory is to get out of your mind and to become childlike yeah. again, lose inhibition. So I, I know that was a very real really weird wiggly answer to your question. I don't think I've always needed a plan. I think I've always needed to be learning if I'm not giving or doing something. Yeah. So would that be your like advice for somebody? What would be like I'm talking, we'll talk about advice in three stages I think. Like what would be something that you would say to yourself or say say to somebody else at 18, 19, 20 years old, they've enrolled in the wrong degree, it's not their passion and they want to do something different. Oh, well, first of all, drop out. Just drop it? Yeah, drop it. Yeah. Like you're so young, you've got time. You could do another four degrees and yeah. change your mind three times. Yeah. Um, I think my biggest thing I would be like, and it's the one thing that gets me through all the time, you just got to back yourself because yeah. the harsh reality is not too many people will really back you. Like we even were talking yesterday and Matt's probably the first person in years other than my family that I have really trusted and been yeah. like, like the other day I was like, can I borrow 50 bucks? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I would yeah. never ask a partner for that. Yeah. Usually it's me like being yeah. the provider. Or people yeah. have this weird perception that I'm really rich. Fucked if I know why. Yeah. Um, 
And so it was really weird. It's it, it, like I've been so used to knowing that most people are dingoes yeah. and that most people generally will want something from you. Yeah, or um, will care more about what you can give them to help better themselves. And yeah. often people in Australia want yeah. you to fail. Yeah, of course. And I like I get that in my industry and yeah. my whole life and stuff like that. Do you think society kind of puts that pressure on us to like finish uni and finish school and do that? And it's like a almost like society, <coughs> excuse me, we've failed in the eyes of society if we don't finish that degree or if we don't go down that path. I actually think it's a generational thing. So I don't believe our kids' generation will have the same pressure that we had. Um, Our parents, baby boomers, so it was a bit more of a survival-y kind of thing as well. And the parents before that was, what, end of World War II? Absolute survival. It was only survival. So it's it's generational. I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with pulling out of uni and changing a degree. Like I went from a Bachelor of Performing Arts degree to a Health Science Nutritional Medicine degree. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Very cool. All right. So that was your early and now kind of the next phase of your life, I think we'll skip ahead a little bit and you. I don't want to know about the same stuff that you've talked about in every podcast. So, which I is that, like, I think this is all new. What I've just said, yeah, no, no, that's what I'm saying. But this, this is the main kind of portion of like your career starting and coming into like what is Lola Berry is like a brand and stuff like that. So, like, we can touch on the fact about like your book that you know got pulled and all that kind of stuff. But what were your earlier failures? What were some of the things that you did early on, and that and that might have been like you know you wanted to so this is the 20s to 30s gap right yeah. where i'm so now. just like little things that you started that you thought would get you on your way to being who you are today that actually didn't plan out so say for me like an, an example is like say little things along the way so if i maybe like joined with this person or worked with that person and then that failed and i thought that was the thing that was going to get me going do you have any of those things maybe you started working with somebody or it's you know you started writing a certain book that was like you know what actually this book's not going to get me there or that idea that you started and worked on for two weeks we were like after two weeks you scrapped it any of those kind of things that you started and felt like you failed at because at the time you thought they were going to be the game changers for you So I've never done something where I think it's going to be a game changer for some reason. Like I've got this feeling that I'll succeed, but I don't ever think, oh, this is it. Like you and I are about to bring a product out that will probably be out by the time this is out, a coffee thing. I'm just like, oh, this is cool. Let's see what happens. I never have expectation with anything I create. I don't know why. I don't know if that's like an inbuilt thing from the way I was raised. I'm not sure. Um, but there are some failures I'd love to share from that earlier kind of like, and I think also starting to make it and and in my early 20s bringing out a bestseller book, making yeah. a truckload of money and yeah. then fast forward two years and making literally a quarter of that. Yeah. And I think um, those learnings and um, 
I think they're really cool and I've not really spoken about them. So one thing I do want to say about something I created and it was a flop. It wasn't a flop. It was just too hard to keep up with to keep the demand happening. So I was living with my roommate in Sydney. We had a sick little townhouse in Paddington and we he had really bad psoriasis and I was like, dude, you've got to put rosehip oil, macadamia oil and calendula on it to really calm it down. He's like, can you make me some? I love these little home remedies of yours. (laughs) And he's like, and I made him some and he put it on for a few days. His name's Oscar and it really helped clear up his psoriasis because he had it around his face so he was really self-conscious about it and I also get eczema as well, especially now in the winter. And so we made this thing called, an. it was called the Oscar Elixir. That's funny. It was cool. It was like Breaking Bad at our house though. So I literally had calendula yeah. um, infusing and I had and I did it in a mixture of macadamia oil and rosehip oil. It was yeah. beautiful, lovely product. We put it in little amber bottles, yeah. wrapped it. I, I did all the – we put it in little boxes, posted all over Australia. It sold out every single time we created it. But it. the time that went epic. into it yeah. was out of this world. Yeah. And it, at first it was great because I just moved to Sydney, rent so expensive in Sydney. So we just both looked at it as – oh, well, this pays our rent and yeah. it's a fun little thing to do together. To this day, I still get people going, when are you bringing your Oscar Elixir back really? out? Yeah. Maybe we should bring it back. Bring the Oscar we Elixir can, back. We can go get a factory going. and Yeah. You know. It was so fun. It, I wouldn't say it was a failure, but it was just it, the, the time that went into it and the outcome yeah. and the money didn't yeah. make, didn't make, it didn't Understand. balance out. Yeah. So I would have to expand like pretty big to make it. Correct. Kind of we were literally yeah. doing it in our kitchen, yeah. in our, on our kitchen table. And I love that. I would not have yeah. taken that back. I think that was unreal. Um, Moments where I would say that people wouldn't know about and that is like having a career in media and the pressures that come with that, um, I don't think people would expect. But I've been in meetings where I was in, I remember I was in a brainstorming meeting and I caught a flight from Melbourne to Sydney and um, someone said to me in the meeting, oh, tell us your five-year goal. And I was like only 20 at this stage. And um, and I was like, I don't. a five-year goal at 20. Me, absolutely. Yeah. I, I write, I've been since 20, like I used to have a left-handed book beside my bed. Yeah. So I'd, I'm right-handed but I yeah. wanted to be ambidextrous. So yeah. I had a left-handed book and I'd write all my um, goals. Only you. <laughs> all my goals in my left-handed book before I'd fall asleep and I had yeah. current goals, five-year goals and 10-year goals. Yeah. And I found that book recently. The only thing I haven't done is gone on Oprah or Alan and lived in a treehouse, yeah. everything else I've done. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. But that's, anyway. That's very cool actually. Yeah, I'm all about, I love a good list. Yeah. Anyway, this we're in this brainstorming meeting. They're like, oh, give us a good five-year goal. And I was like, oh, this might sound a bit like out a, too big for me to have as a yep. goal. And um, and she goes, oh, I'll just say anyway. And I go, oh, okay, well, you know, I saw Miranda Kerr was the face of um, Qantas, an ambassador yep. for Qantas on the way up, which is an Australian airline. Yeah. And, and Miranda Kerr is a very successful Australian model, used to be Victoria's yeah. Secret model, she's got her own skincare range, going great, gangbusters. Yeah. Hottie. Ho- total hottie. And the person in the meeting, I was sitting opposite yeah. her in the meeting, stood up, looked down at me and with her finger said, babe, you're hardly a supermodel, referring to my body yeah. shape. Mm. So in that moment I was like, are you fucking kidding me? In my head yeah. I, I felt fat and yeah. like I've obviously, I've been very open about having troubled relationship with eating, eating disorder, dis- body dysmorphia, yeah. um, binge eating, all of that jazz. And to this day I see a therapist for it weekly because yeah. some weeks are great, other yeah. weeks aren't great. Of course, everyone. Um, and 
I remember in that moment I was like, shit, like what am I up for in 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 my career? And there is definitely an element in working in media yeah. where like, you know, I, I've been in meetings and there have been pictures of my face cut out and sitting on the table yeah. and, and people have ripped up the ones they thought were ugly with me sitting in the meeting room and I was just like, whoa. And and I don't need to go into depth about the the eating plan I bought out that was yeah. a total failure. Yeah. And I didn't even feel like a failure in that moment. I actually just felt like no one had my back. Yeah. And even the people that do have my back, like my family, yeah. I remember my dad. So basically, long story short, I bought out a diet plan. This was meant to be later career stuff. This wasn't yet. This is now. <laughs> this is too – this is – I was only 25. I know. I know. Keep going. I'm just I bought out a diet plan and Oscar, that same guy that I did the yeah. – um, he was still my roommate. I was still living in Paddington with him. He said, let's bring out a four-week diet plan. Yeah. All, all your competition's doing it. Not that I've ever looked at competition, yeah. people as competition, but it was like everyone's doing it. It's a really good way to make passive income. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't want to piss off my publishers, you know, and I was to this day love the publishers that I've got. But I, he was like, listen, you know, everyone else has got one. They're yeah. still with your publishers. It's fine to bring out a diet plan. So we created this, well, I wrote this four-week diet yeah. plan, really healthy, really wholesome. Basically we were releasing it on Boxing Day yeah. and the theory was that um, on Boxing After Day, Christmas, yeah, yeah, we've all overeaten, yeah. we want to go on a little detox. And um, we bought it and on Boxing Day and within two hours the Daily Mail had written a story about me yeah. saying, career suicide let's just I'm um, just pause there for a second um how how long between like your first kind of books and your first like best-selling books was it between then and between the diet plan so I've written 10 books 10 yeah. physical books the diet plan was an online program I reckon that would have come it came out after Happy Cookbook. So I'd had yep. the bestseller, the big bestseller, bestseller by then, but I hadn't had smoothies. So it was in the middle of in the, the middle. Have you ever heard the saying like never trust the dopamine? No. So it goes on the fact that like um, when you do have like success and you're on top of the world and you feel like invincible, you feel like you become like this expert and pretty much you feel amazing that you can succeed at anything that you do. Right. Oh, so like ego kicks in. Ego kicks in, yeah. So it kind of gives you this like false sense of like whatever I touch will turn to gold. <laughs> like cocaine. <Right>? I, think, <laughs> Don't I, think that's, I think that's directly what cocaine does. Do yeah. You? So it gives you that kind of like that false sense of like um, that false sense of secu- security that like anything you do w- would succeed. Do you think that because it was after such a successful book that you were more game to basically say, you know what, stuff it, I'm going to do this, like try this controversial kind of diet plan and give it a really controversial name because I'm successful already and my last book was really well, so did really well. So it doesn't matter what I do now, it's going to be great. You do bring you, up a you, great point, did you ever, Mr. Did Sofo. you ever have that, that feeling or Oscar or the guy I- you were working with? I've never seen myself as successful to this day. So, no, I've never had that moment. In fact, the reason why it had the name that it had was uh, Oscar came home. Yeah. I was working on it all day. Writing recipes is 
I don't like it. It's very hard. It's hard for me. It doesn't come naturally. I have to yeah. work quite hard at it. Yeah. And anytime you use the brain, we know the brain uses the most energy. So anytime yeah. I write books, I always put five kilos on because yeah. I'm just like sitting and writing and need so much extra energy. Yeah. And um, he'd come home and I'd eaten a whole block of Marvelous Creations, which if anyone knows, they're family-sized block of like Cadbury's yeah. that have got like the popping candy and all that oh, shit in I there. love them, the marvellous creations. Yeah, yeah. they're delicious. Yeah. I'd say they're laced with something for sure. Anyway, they're in the whole block, a family-sized block. God, I miss sugar. And he's, yeah, Matt's eats less sugar than me. He's amazing. Um, And he said, what should we call the diet plan? He's like, oh, it doesn't have a ring to it if we call it Lola's four-week plan or yeah. a weight loss plan or anything. And I said, oh, I wish we could call it Stop Being a Fat Bitch because that's how I feel right now. And he yeah. said, we need to call it Stop Being a Fat Bitch. And I said, no friggin' way. Yeah. I'll get murdered. I'm like the happy girl. Like I had the happy cookbook, the happy yeah. life. Like I'm the happy author. Yeah. And I said, it goes against the entire way that I have yeah. kind of like built my business. Yeah. And he said... Lola, we need to shine a light on the way that women perceive themselves. Yeah. And and the, the book title was Stop Being a Fat Bitch. And then it said underneath yeah. the subheading was Change yeah. Your Internal Dialogue, yeah. Change Your Life. Yeah. But no one saw that. Yeah. So that's where it came from. It didn't come from ego or the dopamine effect or anything like that. Yeah. It just and to be honest, like I love Oscar, but he definitely pushed yeah. that. And do you think that was his ego that kind of pushed that? No, down? he loved his whole his, his way of doing business is to yeah. push boundaries, yeah. which actually to his testament, I think yeah. is What's great. wonderful about yeah. him and um, to be honest, um, him and I aren't super close now but I, everything that I've done with yeah. him or learned from him has been, he, he always took risks in business, he yeah. always pushed the envelope, yeah. he didn't really give too much of a fuck about what people thought. Yeah. He was just like, let's do this, it needs yeah. to happen. But he, his form of creating media was always shock tactic. Yeah. I'll, I'll go back to why I asked about the dopamine thing is because you have never talked about that as a failure and I wanted to know why that wasn't a failure. And it wasn't a failure because you never actually in the beginning thought that you were successful at anything. You never saw yourself as like above anybody else and you never actually saw yourself as a successful writer. So in that moment when that whole diet plan did go to shit, you completely saw that as a learning curve instead of any sort of failure because you didn't have the ego to begin with. Yeah, and I actually, if, if you said what's been one of your best career highlights or lessons, yeah. and I've had a publicist tell me not to say it's a career highlight, yeah. but I would fight back and say yeah. it is a career highlight yeah. because it taught me who has my back. Like other big health influencers that you would absolutely know yeah. the names of yeah. use that to promote themselves yeah. and saying like we should never talk to women like this. And I'm like, listen, bitch, I'm not talking to women like this. Yeah. I'm talking to myself like this and I'm being vulnerable and open about yeah. it. Sure, it hurt people yeah. and I don't. I, people I, love to tear people down though. In Australia, it's messed up. And I can tell you on one hand who had my back. And yeah. that's where I was saying, like, bless dad's cotton socks. He was like, you'll be fine. You've, you've, done, you've got through this before. And I said, no, dad, I actually haven't. Yeah. I've never had a current affair rip me to shreds yeah. and then post it. And I was only allowed, I was um, legally gagged. So I wasn't yeah. allowed to speak to media or anything. And then finally, my, I think my book publicist said you can do a 15-second yeah, apology, apology video on Instagram when they were 15-second videos yeah. and that ran on a current affair that night. And But no one really gives a shit. No one really like, I know like people bring it up in podcasts and stuff like that, but like 
no one actually like gives a shit. No one comes up to you and be like, hey, remember that time you fucking failed at that or you bought that out? Like, No, but when it was happening and when it did course. happen, I remember I was just walking to yoga and people were like, oh, wow, how do you feel? Like yeah. in the street. In the time. Yeah. Isn't it funny though, um, you said a current affair ran the thing. Yeah. And you were on a current affair like what, a couple of weeks ago? Well, no, I've got a great. It, yeah. And they actually had my back when they posted, when I posted the apology. Yeah. They they said like everyone makes mistakes. Yeah, that's good. We just want her to be okay. So they were, I've always had a lovely relationship yeah. with a current affair. Yeah. Okay. So that, um, you did kind of push ahead in my notes a little bit because I, oh, I only had kind sorry, of three podcast notes. podcast police. But, um. I want to know a little bit about, so people that are going to be listening to this, um, they're either going to be listening to this to know your story and understand like failure and stuff like that. But a lot of them are going to want to get tips of, you know, how you got started and getting agents and getting, um, you know, speaking gigs and stuff like that. So I want to know the failures that went along with them. Did you initially go for like, I know you've got, you know, a great agent now. Did you have previous meetings with other agents before? Did you have an agent before? Did you go to meetings with agents and then they turn around and said, you know what, we just don't want you or maybe sign you and then drop you? Did you have any of those moments where you felt like you had already failed? Because you got this great like new deal or you might have been with an agent, but then all of a sudden they've turned around and dropped you. So how did those kind of like failures feel and did they happen? Maybe they didn't happen. Maybe I'm just asking the wrong question here. (laughs) That's a perfect question. Yeah, I've obviously been, I've been dropped from work gigs more than I've been like greenlit. I I reckon I've shot 13 pilots and not one of them has been greenlit. Um, So as far as like I think management and agents is a tricky one because they do become like a relationship. So when a a management relationship ends, it's like the end of a breakup. So it can end like a little bit bitter. And obviously the the dust settles and, you know, if you're both good humans, it can work out. But I remember I got dropped by an agent in Australia. I've been dropped by two agents in America. I've been dropped by an agent in the UK. So I've been, that means I've been signed and then dropped. I remember one time I was literally shooting my book, like a physical book, yeah. and my agent called me up on set and I knew, like I knew it felt yucky with a, we'd just lost a big gig that I really wanted with an almond milk company. Yeah. And I was like, hey, like why didn't we push for this? And I just started holding them very accountable and in their defence I would have been a pain and probably a bit of a diva to yeah. be completely honest. And um, I remember she called me up and she's like, hey, where are you? And I'm like, I'm on my book shoot. Like, yeah. And I was like, shit, man, you should know that. Yeah. And she's like, well, this isn't working. I'm letting you go. So she dropped me in the middle of my shoot yeah. on the shoot. And I remember thinking how great my publishers were because I was bawling my eyes out on the shoot. I was only like, shit, yeah. like 26 or something. Pretty young to get dropped like that. Yeah. Uh, and then I got my current agent interview just by recommendation of a friend. Yeah. Uh, but I've been signed to American ones. I remember I got signed yeah. to an American one, so excited, came back to Australia and it got, I did an interview with the Herald Sun, like literally, that's where the ego came yeah. in. So I'd do an interview, I'd be like, yeah, I'm signed to this big agency in the, U- yeah. in the US. And they, within about 48 hours, um, emailed and said, we have a Google alerts on anyone we represent. We've seen this, yeah. the Herald Sun story. We're dropping you straight yeah. away immediately. How did that, how did that feel? Oh, I mean, I'm sure I would have felt pretty shit. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember if I just remember thinking, fuck, but I get hits all the time. Like I got yeah. dropped from a 
more. I guess getting dropped um, from like an ambassador role would be similar to feeling like getting fired. I got dropped yeah. last week from yeah. a company and yeah. I didn't really see that coming. Yeah. I kind of thought, oh, you know, that's a great relationship. Yeah, I didn't think you got dropped. It was the end of a contract. It, the, the contract was, hey, we, we will not be renewing this contract. Yeah, but it was, I think that's a debatable thing. You had a two-year contract. I think that's a pretty good like, that's a pretty good run. I know, but like I'm a good person. Give me it, a bit longer. <laughs> I don't see that as a failure. I think I see that as like as just a very like a nice ending of a relationship. Yeah, okay. That's fair. You know. There you go. He's much softer than me. I was like, fuck yeah. shit. I was like quite stressed. That's fine, but like we'll work it out. Yeah, this is true. We'll work it out. Uh well, and I'm sure when by the time this comes out, we'll know what that yeah. what that contract ending will have been. But um I think as far as like Agents, TV. So TV is a really interesting one. I've never really spoken about this, but I was a like the health expert on a Channel Ten TV show yep. called The Circle. So yep. I'll do a weekly segment about like pineapples and how they're anti-inflammatory and really high in bromelain and they're yeah. a proteolytic enzyme and help yeah. you digest protein. Oh, and I do that. I loved it. They were like my family, yeah. and they. I actually moved from the Gold Coast where I was living to. Melbourne to be a regular on the yeah. Channel 10 show that was called 9am and David and Kim. And when they rebranded from 9am to David, 9am with David and Kim to The Circle, which was the one with like Yumi, Georgie, um, Denise Drysdale, like had a really, Chrissy yeah. Swan to be on there somewhere, like had a really cool, Michelle Laurie, like a really cool, it was like having a cup of tea with your mates. Yeah. And I, so I was like the health, the health nerd and I frigging love the show and I remember my producer on 9am with David and Kim said, Lola, you're in the mix to be a host for the for the circle. And I was yeah. like, I was like Sick. 24, I was yeah. so young. And I was like, holy shit, I can't read auto cue. Yeah. And you know I have a fear of reading auto cue as yeah. well, which I've worked on. You've worked on that. Yeah. And I now like when Matt and I go to bed, I sometimes read out loud to practice auto cue reading. <laughs> I have to ha- do your um <laughs> line rehearsals. <laughs> Acting homework. Yeah. yeah. Um and so the circle happened. I didn't get the hosting role, which I knew I wasn't ready for yeah. mentally or um, my confidence wasn't there either. Yeah. I'd love now if you said, oh, you, we're putting you forward to host a TV yeah. show, I'd be like, bring it. Like yeah. I, I love um, live like live to air, which yeah. is what that show was. Yeah. So that means there's only like a seven-second delay. Yeah. So if you F up, or sorry, it was live to tape. So if you F up, they can't really cut it out. They've got seven seconds to bleep you. They can you. beep you though. Yeah. That's it, yeah. But if you drop something on set, they're just going to roll with yeah. it. Um, anyway, so the circle was so much fun. I loved it. Like I launched a few books on there. It was such a good gang. Uh, and it was probably my first professional consistent TV work yeah. as far as career went. And morning TV then, this is before Insta, this is before Facebook. It yeah. had a really strong currency and the viewership was much higher Massive. than what it is even now because we weren't looking to social media and YouTube for recipes. We were looking to yeah. TV segments. TV, yeah. And I still love TV, I think it's the coolest yeah. medium of media. I love yeah. it. Um, and I remember I I got a call from my producer from the circle. Yeah. She, she was so amazing to me and she was my producer. She was the first one to ever put me on TV. Shout out to Lucy Roach. She's amazing. Hi, Lucy Roach. And she, I thank her in every single book I've written because she's the first person to take a chance on me to and put me on you. TV. Awesome. Yeah. And I was pretty like quirky back in the day, yeah. and which I know I am now, but I dressed quirky then. And um, anyway, on the circle, 
she called me up and she's like, have you, have you heard the news? And I was like, nah. And she's like, ah, oh, they've just fired everyone off the circle and axed the show via Twitter. So Channel wow. 10 axed the show, like within an hour of the, the EP, the producer and the EP knowing. Yeah. It was on. So they didn't even get a chance to tell their staff, tell wow. the host. Everyone found out via Twitter. That's how the show was axed. And uh, I remember the week, uh, they got one week more of the show. Yeah. So everyone was jobless after this. I remember Yumi Steins, this just says how much a champ she is. I was about to bring a book out and I was doing a segment about um, just like a recipe segment like I would and Yumi goes, chuck me a new book, chuck me a new book. And I took it in and I remember it was under the table. And they're not meant to promo books. In Australia you're not meant to promo stuff unless it's a paid segment. It's potential <clears throat> paid segment, gotcha. so it's advertising space. So they're space. losing out on advertising. Yeah, or um, it can be done if there's a great relationship with the public, the book publicist and the, the network, but you often if you promote it on one show, you can't promote it on another and Yumi goes, chuck me your book. I'll chuck it up. And she literally, we're in the middle of a segment, she whips the book out. She's like, everyone go out and buy Lola's book and she's waving it what around on screen. What yeah, And then the show, I came on for the final show and Pam Barnes, who was the EP of the entire show, as such a legend, yeah. did this thank you to like Channel 10 to thank, um, you know, just a beautiful like outro kind of thing and they cut it. Like yeah. it just went to fizzy What's it? What is it like when there's the rainbow yeah, of the... I don't know what it's called, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. They cut it, yeah. So that was like... You get fired via Twitter. What? Wow. Yeah. What would you say that um, some advice for people that kind of to take the hits in the industry? You know, like what would be the hate? You you might have been on a show and then you've been dropped or you've done one book and then you got dropped by your publisher or, or you had an agent and then you've been dropped. And But you know in your heart that your career is not over and you've got so much more to give. Like what would be the advice that you say because not everyone has the same um, drive and feeling and passion that you have. A lot of people will take the hits so much harder than you. Like I remember getting dropped from my first DJ booking agent and just, you know, I'm just like lying in bed thinking, fuck my life. Like what the fuck am I going to do? Like, you know, really? You've yeah. got fire though. I imagine this is what would have gone through Matt's mind. Fuck my life for about 20 minutes or you would have ruminated for a little while and then you yeah. would have been like, I'm going to show that motherfucker and yeah, you would have but, tried to get a job like but I, that's true, next but door. Also like, you know, I question my self-worth, you know. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. So like, you know, I know that we all question it but not everyone has that same drive to get up and go, you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to fucking try again. Do you know what it is? It's a knowing. It's, it's annoying. a knowing in your heart that you are a good good, good egg, that you're going to work hard and you're going to work so hard the good shit's going to come. But I've had so, – I remember – I think I told you this recently, like a nutritionist, I was working, I was doing morning TV and I was working at a smoothie bar and this nutritionist that I really looked up to came in. Yeah. Older than me, I would have been 23, I would have just graduated – from nutrition school and I went straight into morning TV. Yeah. I was working in a smoothie bar and taking consults out the back of the smoothie bar as a yeah. nutritionist that had a little space out the back. That's cool. It was really cool. It was a fun little balance. And this nutritionist came in and I was like, oh, my God, you're so-and-so. And she's like, yeah. yes, I am. Yeah. And I said, oh, I did your macrobiotic cooking class two years ago. I've just finished my degree. I just want to say thanks so much. You are a huge inspiration. And she goes, it's a really tough 
yeah. industry. Yeah. And I go. No shit, bitch. Fucking all industries are hard. I go, oh, I'm loving it. Like, and also I'm serving her a friggin' smoothie at this stage yeah. of the game. She's, I'm looking at her like she's a million times more successful than me. And she goes, yeah. I know you. And I yeah. go, no, we've never met. I was up the very back of your talk and I didn't get to meet you. Yeah. And she goes, no, I know you. You're that girl off morning TV. Yeah. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, that's me. And she yeah. goes, there are five people lined up to buy some this stage. And she goes, you are a disgrace to the nutrition industry. I fucking love that. And I said, I'll pass it on. Yeah. And I was, I was just like, all, in my head all I was like, please don't cry. That's all yeah. I, I didn't want to cry in front of this person that was like happily just like yeah. digging and, and kind of like slap, energetically yeah. slapping me in the face. Yeah. And she goes, how could anybody take you seriously by the way that you yeah. dress? You need to wear a suit. You need to be taken yeah. like, seriously like a professional. And I said, because I used to wear like bright Converse, yeah. bows in my hair. I looked a bit like Cindy Lauper. And um, and I said, oh, well, I'll pass you feedback yeah. on. I served everybody in silence. And she was like, I know yeah. I sound like a bitch, but I'm entitled to my opinion. Like she just kept yeah. going, this yeah. motherfucker. And I served everyone else in silence. I locked the door of the health store smoothie yeah. bar and I ran out the back bawled my eyes out. out. And in that moment I could have felt totally like a failure. And then I just thought, fuck, this bitch is having a bad day. She's taking it out on me. I'm probably doing something she wants to be doing. Exactly. I I would have been like, this motherfucker knows me. I'm like, fuck yeah. Would you? Yeah, I would have taken it as like, hey, hold on, like I'm trying to come up in the industry. This lady has already quite a successful, you know, career and she knows little old Lola Berry I would have fucking loved that. I would have gone yeah. out. I would have given her a hug and said, "Thank you for giving me, giving me my next ten years of fucking motivation to like outshine you, motherfucker." Yeah. See, see, you come from this other space. I don't know what it is. It's so good. See, whereas I was just like, I was really soft initially, yeah. and then I was just like, "Well, it taught me in that moment." I was like, "If I don't believe in myself, yeah. then I'm fucked." Yeah. Because I am going to get torn down if it's not by Absolutely. her. It's in a meeting where they're like, "You're not skinny enough," or yeah. you're in another meeting where you get told your hair's not right. Yeah. Or you get. I remember I got told feedback like I'd done a show, a morning segment on a show, and they were, they they said we're giving Lola one more chance to clean up her look. What? Was feedback from a producer. Yeah. And it was like she has to have a per- perfect blow wave. She has to be dressed um, yeah. professionally. And I was like, shit, you kind of lose who you are along yeah. the way if you're not careful. Especially if you're not ready to look like that or be like that. Yeah, it was It was an interesting – It was. they're all interesting lessons and I wouldn't change it for the world. So would you say you would tell people not to conform? No way, because then you're just going to look like a cookie cutter and yeah. like everybody else or be like everybody else. Like yeah. there are so many people in the health industry now though. Like yeah. if someone said to me, I want to write a health book, which people do, like once yeah. every few weeks you'll be in a yoga class and some girl will walk up to you and go, hey. I'd love to write a health I'm book. Go- I know, I've written a yeah. book about an eating disorder. Yeah. Can you forward it? Can you write a forward for me? Like this has happened half a dozen times in the last yeah. year. And um, I would now, I think that that industry is so, so sorry, I'm talking very loud. No, that's all right. He's checking the levels. Um, I'd say that industry is so saturated now. Like even myself, I'm a bit over it. Like if yeah. you said write another recipe book, I'd be like, really? There's so many out there yeah. that are so great that are probably doing a better job. I probably couldn't do a better job. Yeah. And that's one thing about where I say it's a knowing. Yeah. I know that there are people out there that are doing a better job than me at owning the health space, like the Keep It Cleaner girls. They're yeah. fucking killing it, yeah, right? Yeah, smashing it. But they're also they're empowering girls. 
girls with new like cookie dough ball recipes and porridge. Like these guys have got their own health range. They've got a successful podcast. They've got books. Like they're hitting that market. And that's why I think I am thinking more about like, well, what really does make me tick? Like I don't need to love writing health books for the rest of my life. Yeah. You know, I, I, Matt's given me like, um, <laughs> ver- like little tips with you his get, hand. Am I get, getting too close you, you to the mic? You get progressively louder. Because I you get, get more passionate. passionate. I know. <laughs> That's passion. You can edit know, it down. It. Nah, nah, it's all good. <laughs> um, I, yeah. Oh, my and, point is there are people yeah. out there doing it better than me. So yeah. that's why I think keep this knowingness coming from your heart and keep chasing yeah. that fire in your heart. I'm about to start advanced yoga teacher training. I've already yeah. done the teacher training to be a yoga teacher. Yeah. This is to progress myself and Print, to yeah. understand the more spiritual aspect of it and yeah. to feel more confident and yeah. more well-rounded as a teacher. Yeah. I'm also doing acting school. Everyone probably thinks what the... F- My dad was like, oh, are you taking this seriously? And I was yeah. like, maybe. Yeah. Like who... I'm all I'm doing is following Dharma. I'm yeah. following a feeling in my heart. I'm following following a knowingness. I yeah. know that I love the medium of film and television. I know that's where I'll end up working most of my life. Yeah. But it's just like now I'm just honing my skill set to fit, yeah. be more well rounded to work in those spaces. Yeah. I feel like you're a little bit of a trailblazer in your field anyway. Like you were one of the first health influences and there wasn't a lot of books out when you re- like really started doing what you started when, when we started doing you know like writing books and being like a nutritionist yeah and but it do, wasn't- do you know what like I could take the credit for that and that's very kind of you to say that yeah. but Sarah Wilson did it before all of us yeah. the I quit sugar chick Sarah Wilson who's a legend shout out if you ever listen to this Sarah I want to get you on here Sarah, as well I've, I've also read your book <laughs> she's amazing books uh, she's got so yeah. many She's incredible. She's what you see is what you get. She's polarizing yeah. though. She walks the talk. She doesn't yeah. give a fuck what people think. I really have a lot of respect yeah. for Sarah. But I but I think people forget that she's the one that set the tone. She started a blog before yeah. everyone else about quitting sugar. She started to celebrate the health and wellness space yeah. before I wrote a book, before Pete Evans wrote healthy books. Yeah. You know, I think we forget about the original. People are like, say to you, you're one of the originals. I'm like, no, I'm not fucking not. Yeah. Sarah Wilson. Yeah. The whole reason why I started writing health books is because I lost heaps of weight. Yeah. Like, and my publishers were like, "There's a story in yeah. how you lost twenty kilos." And I tell people now, don't don't listen to my weight loss tips. Like, everyone's yeah. journey is different. Yeah, I think people's relationships with weight loss is very different, and their relationships with health is very different now. I think it's completely changed. Even the way I look at my own health and my own like how I feel in my body and stuff like that. It's completely changed to even what, eight years ago or 10 years ago when you kind of started. Totally. Well, now it's a mind. For me, I think it's a more mental health. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a mental mental and spiritual self-worth now because I'm at that stage of my life where I'm starting to go, oh, fuck, I I do know who I am and I'm not willing to compromise that. And that's come from the yoga, the therapy, the hypnotherapy, the spiritual work and the emotional... Uh, and mental work, and I would say all weight loss now comes down to that first. Yeah, and 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 it's a sense of self self value. Whereas when I wrote my health books, it was like cut out the grain, cut out the sugar, yeah. and yes, that works on a purely functional yeah. level. But if you haven't done the work the on your mind, yeah. you're going to binge. Yeah. Like if I said you can never eat a piece of carrot cake like you deliciously I had, had I before, had half a piece with your dad. Yeah, but you would. I would go out and eat eight if I yeah. knew I was never allowed to eat that again. Yeah. 
you know. I've got like so many beautiful food experiences, yeah. you know, and I don't want to, if I was, if you told me I couldn't enjoy those things ever again, I want to go and binge on them. So yeah. for me it's a, it's a mind game and if yeah. I was to ever write about it again, it wouldn't be like eat a certain way, it would be yeah. sort your shit out. And sort I'm not a qualified out. therapist so I couldn't even do that if I wanted to, yeah. you know. Yeah. I think there's definitely a story there though. Oh, yeah, well, we're writing the next book as we speak, aren't we? (laughs) I think it's a a far more authentic kind of story. I think I'm a little bit sick of seeing these girls' Instagrams and health influences and stuff and then actually not portraying. But I see them out like on the weekend doing some coke in the bathroom, not actually living like an authentic life. But to me that, to me to see that because I have been in this industry for over 10 years now and in the media industry and in the health and media industry before the influencer game had a currency, you see the rise and fall of dickheads. Yeah. You see the rise and fall of fake motherfuckers. Like you see, like I remember, I remember I was friends with someone that had gone on MasterChef and the second they came off MasterChef, they thought they were it in a bit, like so famous. And I remember I was hanging out with them having breakfast and they're like, see that person over there? And I was like, oh, yeah, he recognises me. And I remember I felt physically sick yeah. and I went home and cried. Yeah. Because it's it was gross. so people be like that. different to the way that I and, – and for me, like I always say to people, if you're in it for the fame game – Get yeah. the fuck out now because you're not going to succeed. Yeah. You've got to be in it because, like, for me, I love film and TV. I yeah. love the medium yeah, of it. I love when there's cameras going, I, time stops. Like, I just love it. And that's why I'm doing acting training because awesome. I'm like, it's something that I love. You're passionate about it. More so than writing. More yeah. so, I'm not a natural born writer. But if yeah. it means that I can create something tactile that might help people, then I will write a book. Yeah. Lola. You're very wonderful. We could talk for another hour. Has it been an hour bullshit? It's like 58 minutes maybe. No. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, boss. <laughs> I know, the boss, eh? That wow. went really quick, didn't it? So quick. Are you happy? How do you feel being an interviewer? I, th- I think I'm, like, not bad at it. That was my first uh, interviewing gig. You smashed it and now we're going to go do yokes together, aren't we? Do you know what? Before we, f- before we finish, though, what's your agent's name? Rachel? Yeah, Rach. Oh, so Rach, Matt swallows. He's literally swallowing into the mic. That was for you, Rachel. (laughs) Everyone says Matt swallows, hashtag. I feel like this. this, Don't start that hashtag. You know this is going to turn into like a sexual joke. It's not. Who said it was a sexual joke? (laughs) A few people. Do you know we're about to go do yoga now and we are that couple that holds hands in Shavasana? You're the girlfriend that wants to hold my hand in Shavasana. Oh, my I've goodness. never, never seen anybody hold hands in Shavasana. I teach yoga. Couples hold hands in do Shavasana they? all the time. I've never seen it. That's how you know people are dating or bonking or when bonking. no one else knows. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's a little like touch over. What do you mean? You love it. Yeah, I do like it. I like doing yoga with you. Yeah, it's so nice. That's why it makes me want to, you know how tomorrow you're not staying in Turkey? Yeah. Not to talk about our plans. So on, um, <laughs> I want. I got work to do. Yeah, got, but I want to I do yoga with sessions. you. Yeah, tomorrow. of yeah. course. Yes, please. Lola Berry. Thank Matt you. Sofo. Thank you very much for allowing me to interview you on your own podcast. Thank you. I hope it was um, good. I don't know. I think it was pretty good. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. Pretty good or great. Pretty good or great. Maybe I can do some ASMR at the end. Just oh, my to, God, save that for your to, own podcast, mate. Just to thank everybody for listening in. <laughs> save that for your own podcast. Um, can I interview you again one day? 
Yeah, and aren't we going to do little like um, chats about our guests? That we we have can on do here? that. Yeah, like every few, every now and then. Yeah, we could do a little episode, little like we Matt's can touch take. Matt's take on the last like five episodes. Yeah, because you know? we've interviewed a few people now. You have done a few, mm. so people get to listen to a couple of episodes, and then this might be what episode five or five, six. I think this is episode maybe five, five or six. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Thank, thank you um, for listening, PS everyone. It's quite nerve-wracking creating something new. But, yeah. hey, if we're all about failure, if it doesn't work, we're going to learn from it. Big deal. That's yeah. it. And I think what we've learned in this whole experience is that I sound great on a microphone. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Matt has got the ego, the size of oh my all God. of Australia. Honestly. I only do it with you. Do you know, Matt, I'll Because you know me better than anyone else. I'll be like, oh, you look beautiful today. Thank you. He says thank you. I say that you look beautiful all the time. Not as much as I do. Yes, as much as you do. <laughs> all the time. I'm hungry, boss. But I, um, thank you for the compliment. Well, You're we welcome. can't eat because we're about to go, go to, to yoga. yoga. Yoga starts in half an hour. Okay, okay. Okay, so Lola Berry, thank you very much for having me. Really appreciate it. On fearlessly failing. You're gonna probably gonna do a little intro at the start and yes. preface this whole thing, but yeah. Maybe people. you'll do the intro. Oh, really? Oh. Okay, well we'll figure that out. But thank you very much and um Big I lo- love. I love you. I love you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.